Hey everyone and welcome back to The Hoist. This is Chloe, your Wednesday host and next joining us on the line is a very exciting artist. This five-piece folk rock band from Melbourne are an ARIA-nominated group who have released five studio albums um, garnering over 88 million streams. They have sold out various shows across the globe and have captured hearts around the world for their moving performances and cherished songwriting. I am joined with the incredible The Paper Kites to chat about their latest release, I Don't Want to Go That Way. Hey, guys, how are you? Hey, hey Chloe. Good, thanks. Great. Do you just want to start off by introducing um, yourselves and the roles that each of you play in The Paper Kites? Yeah, sure. Um, so my name's Sam. Uh, I'm the singer and guitarist of the band. I'm Christina and I play keys and a bit of guitar and backing vocals in the band and a bit of lead vocals every now and then. Yeah. An all-rounder. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. And, yeah, you've released um, the collection of singles, um, which, yeah, they're beautiful and all of that and they, yeah, explore a bunch of different themes. And I was just wondering um, what inspired you to, you know, explore the themes that are present? Well, I guess, um, you know, when we kind of, did that song that was one of the ones that was very late in the piece so it wasn't um it it wasn't actually even originally intended to be on the record because i thought i i had sort of written enough songs because there were a lot of songs for this album yeah um but i kind of went back in and and thought i think we just need a few more um and that was one of the ones i wrote and you know i mean thematically it it kind of doesn't really tackle anything that hasn't been said before you know just kind of talking about wanting to change directions in, in a particular way that you're heading and, and feeling like you're not yeah I suppose walking the path that that you should be um so you know not not really breaking any new ground there but I, I there was something about the song that I think seemed to um really stand out to everyone and, and it was kind of off the bat it was something that that everyone felt pretty strongly needed to be included on the record. Yeah, fantastic. And yeah, I guess um all of your albums and songs that you've released over the years um maintain your alt root um the roots of like alt folk um whilst you know re reworking you know um more of a softer sort of like intimate sound. Um, when it came to crafting each of the singles that you've released um and like the instrumentation and like the soundscape. Um, yeah, how did you approach the creative process for the record? Well, I mean, given that it was it was sort of recorded as um as a live band and we we knew that we wanted to record it that way, that kind of informed the songwriting a little bit as well. Like we kind of knew we can't go too crazy with instrumentation because we're gonna have to play this live. So yeah, um, it was kind of all built within knowing that, we would have to do it this way. So, I mean, there's the five of us that are the original five in the band, but there were still parts that were being written, you know, like we we had a pedal steel on this record for the first time um, and none of us play pedal steel. So we had to find someone that we could bring in uh, to sort of join the band for this project that could do that. We had a lot of like extra guitar parts and and organ parts and vocal parts. So we kind of made the decision knowing that we would need extra people to bring in to join this band for this project. So we actually had another three people. We had Matt Dixon who played pedal steel, who's an incredible steel player. Um, we had Hannah Cameron, who's a wonderful singer-songwriter yeah. in Melbourne. Yeah. 
Um, and then we had Chris Panasakis, who also plays uh, under Timberwolf. He's an incredible singer. And we brought those guys in and um, that kind of made up the band. So in terms of instrumentation, we knew that we had about eight people to work with. And, you know, let's not go outside of that number in terms of yeah. what everyone's playing. Um, yeah, so I think we we kind of took it back to um, a pretty rootsy sound uh, just in regards to the the sort of instruments that we chose to use, like we've we've previously, you know, done a lot of synthesizer work and and such on songs and sort of created those those cinematic pads pad kind of soundscapes, um, but this was was very much influenced by uh, yeah, as you say, like kind of our folk and singer songwriter roots and um, Americana artists that we've sort of grown up with loving and appreciating. So it was very much a um, a homage to that kind of music so you know organs and pianos and acoustic guitars and electric guitars and 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 really nothing too crazy outside of that i think there's a mandolin as well which is a yeah amazing a first for us yeah, but yeah it. yeah we kept it pretty natural fantastic I think, um, sorry i was just gonna say i think um something which is also um was like a little bit different about this album which is nice to know is that we actually had a bit more like time and space to um, sorry, a bit more time and space to um, like write, collaborate together as a band. So to be able to write some songs together and actually like sit in a room together. Sam often does most of the sort of initial writing of a song and then brings it to the band to kind of workshop. Um, and something that was really cool on this album was that just given the time that we had and um you know, the band's circumstances at the time is that we had some space to be able to sit down together and actually um, write, which is something sort of new for us. We haven't really done that very much before. So there's a few songs on this one that, yeah, we've had sort of been able to collaborate together um, a bit more in that writing of the lyrics and music process, which we, yeah, we haven't sort of done much of. And, you know, once we did, we're kind of like, oh, we need to do we need to try and do this more. So, cool. yeah, that's a nice, um, something that's a bit different about this album, which is really, yeah, was really enjoyable. Yeah, gorgeous. And if you had to select one song um, off the record to play to someone who maybe hasn't heard of your music before, um, which song would you choose? Um, and, yeah, why would you choose it? We'd, we'd probably say a song like Hurt So Good is maybe the best representation of the record, only because that was... I remember that being the first song that I brought to the guys when I first had sort of thought of this direction to go for this record. Um, I had a few songs that I'd written and I, I showed everyone and that that was the one everyone kind of heard it and and at least to me it seemed like it clicked for everybody and everyone sort of understood the project and understood what we were going for. So... I think that song became a bit of a pillar for the record. Like if we felt like we were maybe getting too far away from the original vision, we kind of always come back to that song and that sound and kind of try and build things around it. So, yeah, I think for all of us, like that's a pretty good, um, yeah, representation of, of the sound of the album. I think it um is a really nice sort of like transition song in that, you know, this new album, it's not, a completely different sound but it is sort of exploring a little bit more of this you know Americana folky sort of sound than we have in the past and for me that song was like a really nice transition song where it 
you know, it still felt very like true to the paper kites, but it was a really nice representation of this kind of, yeah, exploring a bit of a, um, a bit of a new genre or a bit of a, yeah, just kind of like spreading our wings a little bit into like um, a bit of a different sound. So that song does it really well, I think. Yeah, amazing. And um, I guess, yeah, playing live music is obviously probably such a big, a huge part of you as a band. And I was just wondering, do you create songs with the intention of like, oh, I'm going to make this and this is what it's going to sound like? Um, is that a big part of your creation process or do you sort of just come up with it all on the spot? In terms of thinking about like performing it for people or? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean... I think first and foremost, when you sit down to write a song, like it is, it's very intentional. I I always shy away from saying, um, you know, things like a song writes itself because I don't think that that happens really. I know people can feel like that happens, but everything's very intentional that you do and you, you make those decisions based on, you know, what you think sounds good. So the whole thing, the whole process is like, it's pretty thought out, really. It's not as organic as I think people would like to think it think it is. But, you know, when I would sit down to write for this record, it's always um it always comes back to how how do I want to make people feel, how am I feeling in myself? Um, and how do I best communicate that? Because you you know, you've got a whole uh toolbox of of things in front of you that you can take and use in order to convey your feelings, whether it's like, you know, lyrics and and even just drawing from things outside that, like, um, you know, I've got, you can see behind me, I'm in my garage at the moment, which is my my studio. It's the only part of the house I was allowed to have to, to make music. But, you know, I've started collecting just like books of poetry and things like that that I find really moving and really inspiring Um really just when you're stuck and you don't have the language to communicate how you're feeling, like someone else has done that, you know. So you read these things and and they suddenly give you language that you didn't have before. So, you know, I I think it's very, very much a part of the crafting process is, is thinking about the kind of music that we want to play and, and the kind of things that we want to say and how we want to say it. There's a lot of stories on this record that, I just kind of realized the other day there's a lot of songs that are kind of taking you through some sort of narrative. Um, and even musically, like everything is sort of just behind that story to sort of support it and and bring life to it. So, yeah, I mean, I certainly think about playing these songs live. I mean, yes, you do write songs for yourself, but I, I, I think I couldn't honestly say that I I wouldn't be thinking about playing them for other people because especially in a space like the Roadhouse where we were playing these intimate shows for, you know, I mean, smaller rooms than we would normally play because that's how we designed it. But 30, 40 people, sometimes even less, like you really have just you and them and, and you can see everyone's reactions. And, you know, I, I think you hope that people will feel the same things that, that you felt when you wrote those songs and you hope that, people will connect with them in the same way. And and when that happens, like that's where you kind of have this this kinship and this understanding of each other. When um when you see people moved in that way, it's it's yeah, it's really an amazing thing. Yeah. 
Amazing. Um, and yeah, going off live shows, do you want to give um everyone a quick little insight to what a paper kites show entails? Do you want to answer that, Stina? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just on mute. Um, um, yeah, well. I don't know. It's funny. Sam Sam has made the joke at a show every now and then that, like, you know, we like to take our fans on a bit of a journey. <laughs> like, um, and, you know, I don't know. I guess, like, our music probably over the years has really evolved in that it's not, um, you know, if you listen to the first few songs that pop up when you're on Spotify, um, you know, it's quite a lot of our very old, old songs, a lot of our older stuff, which is much more um, that acoustic folk sort of vibe. Um, but over the years, we've obviously developed a lot. Our sound has changed a lot and developed a lot. So I think you get, um, there's a lot of, um, yeah, there's a lot of like up, I guess, like louder songs, softer songs. We have a lot of like, yeah, different moments within the, um, set but obviously for this new album um, it's going to be a whole different uh, a different experience for us because we are going to be on stage with not just us but we've got um, the extra musicians which make up the Roadhouse band so we're really excited to this show on the road as the Roadhouse band because that's something we haven't you know we haven't done before um, we haven't had all these extra musicians with us um, so this album is kind of I guess a whole um, new experience for us when we take it live. So yeah, the first the first live shows we'll be doing um, with the Roadhouse Band will be in North America in um, October. So I think everyone's really looking forward to sort of that experience of getting the band back together in the way that it was when we were recording the album um, and bringing it to bigger crowds, like helping it translate from you know, at the Roadhouse when we did it when we were recording. Um, but, yeah, putting it onto bigger stages and um, seeing how that translates to um, bigger crowds. So it's really exciting. Amazing. And you've also, yeah, consistently released a bunch of great music videos and visuals for your music. And, yeah, how important are the, vid are the visuals when um, to you when it comes to, I guess, conveying uh, the meaning and the story um, present on the tracks. And, um, yeah, how involved are you guys with the creative process of these videos? Yeah, it, it's very important and, and we're very, very involved um, in, in kind of all of the visual content you see, especially for this record. I mean, um, I guess for those people that don't know, um, essentially the band moved to Campbell's Creek, which is a little town um just outside of Castlemaine for a month last year. And we played these shows uh, in a very, very small venue called The Roadhouse for the month and we recorded the album there and we filmed the whole thing. So we we brought in um, a friend of ours, Kieran, who lives up there, who's an amazing cinematographer and he was just there filming every night. So he would film the shows, he would film the crowds um, and then we ended up kind of, having all of this footage from all of the shows that we played down there and and like there was so much footage and we ended up turning it into a film uh, which is actually 
coming out this Friday. We're doing a premiere in Melbourne, which is weird. We've never done a, a film premiere before, but it's it's really beautiful. It's just essentially like all of the songs from the record are in the film, but it's it's sort of mixed in with um, you know, footage of the area and the land and and um just sort of essentially the space around the roadhouse that we kind of were exploring while while doing these shows. And you know, it's it's so important for us to be able to communicate what that experience was like to people that weren't there. So that's that's why we did the film. It's it's kind of why we did the record as well, really, so people could feel what it was like to be there. So, you know, we we were very involved in making that, um, in how it felt and and how it kind of came across to people that will be seeing it eventually. Um, you know, like that's that's your best tool to be able to I guess give people an extension of the song itself in terms of what what you're seeing or what you want people to see when they listen to a song. So every video that we've ever done and and particularly this film, it's done with the intention of trying to pull people into something. So you're trying to bring them into, you know, the world that we've created and and that's been consistent of every record. Every record has been its own little world in itself and and the people that follow this band they get so into those worlds and and you know really invested in it so this album is like a huge undertaking for us because it's a whole film and it's a film that was created to do exactly that to draw you in so yeah i mean it's it's been very important for us to kind of be able to communicate this project in that way and i'm really excited for people to see the film Absolutely. And the final question I have for you guys is, is there anything, um, you know, now, I guess, that you wish you knew back when you were starting out in the music industry as a band? <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah, it's it's a tricky one because, you know, I think you have to be careful how you answer because there are people that are kind of trying to navigate the ropes of of how to kind of, you know, I'm going to say, in quotation marks, make it because it, it is so broad um, yeah. the ways you can do that. And even even the idea of success for yourself is, is very different from person to person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I would say for us a very, very important thing has been, I guess, first and foremost to make, music that we're proud of and and to make music that we think has some substance to it i mean trends come and go and and we've seen a lot of bands come and go and a lot of artists that have been big for a point and then kind of disappear and and longevity is a really tricky thing to to do and to navigate as an artist because you know you are going to have moments where you're up and you're hot and then you're going to have moments where you're not and you need to be able to to work through those seasons of your career and and not get distracted by worrying about those things. So, you know, for us, we never had like a lot of, um, I suppose, media support and, and that's not a negative thing. It's just kind of how it's it worked out for us. And we didn't have a hugely successful first album, which can put the pressure on a lot of artists to try and live up to that, you know? So we were lucky in that sense that we weren't thrown into the limelight and we weren't, you know, having these these huge expectations set for us as a band that we just couldn't meet. So 
it became more about the long game for us and and just putting out music consistently that we were proud of and and that was true to what we loved and and what we liked to do so i guess in terms of not necessarily things that i would do differently but maybe advice that i would give is is to yeah not get caught up in in trying to be uh trying to be noticed in in those kind of ways i mean like socially and and in in the kind of limelighty ways that i guess um you think that you need to be because if you're making good music and it's getting out there like eventually people are going to get turned on to that i think yeah and it and it is tricky but if you're thinking about a career instead of like i want to be famous more like I want to be doing this in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Then I think that really informs your decisions. You know, look at the people you admire that are still doing it at a later age. How do they get there? How are they still doing that? That's, I think I find the most inspiration in in looking to those artists. Yeah, I think um, just like on off the back of what Sam just said, I think for us, and I think it's, yeah, a great way to think about music or just what, like, I guess, pack, your, what your passion is, is that, um, you know, our focus has been to do what we love and not to, yeah, not to get famous, you know. We're not, I mean, not that we consider we're not famous <laughs> <laughs> at all, but as in, the focus has always been to like do what we're passionate about and we feel so lucky that we get to do what we love and what we're passionate about as our job. And that's kind of always been the goal, not like to be noticed or not how many followers or how many streams or how many whatevers. It's like if we get to do what we love and what we're passionate about and that gets to be our job, like that is, that's the ultimate for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we get to do what we love, um, and also get to make a living off it, then that is just like such a bonus. So I think particularly for young people, you know, who are looking at music um, and wanting to, you know, navigate their way through that, I think that's such good advice because, you know, I think today there's such a focus on, yeah, being noticed on like on followers, on likes, all of that kind of thing, on all on the numbers, whereas... Um, it's such an important thing to be able to focus on just being able to do what you love. And if you can make a life and make a living out of that, then like, how good is that? That's, yeah, that's the ultimate goal. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, for sharing that. And yeah, thank you so much, Sam and Christina for joining me today, um, to talk about the album coming out. Um, the Hoist and the Sin team wishes you the best for what's to come. Thanks so much, Chloe. Thanks for having us. Thank you.